And welcome. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. Shut up, dog. You're going to get yourself kicked out of here, man. You're supposed to be a podcast dog. Barking and shit. What are you doing? Let's try that again. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 128. Going to the city. So, this podcast is named Going to the City with a question mark. We'll get to that. We'll get to that shortly. Um, Welcome, 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 people. I'm feeling not too bad on this Sunday afternoon. Sunday, July the, the what? Sunday, July the 10th. Not feeling too bad because I had my therapy sessions this weekend. I had two therapy sessions this weekend. What do I mean by that? I mean, I got to go to the gym. I went to the gym yesterday and I went to the gym today. And it really is my therapy, man. Um, When I don't get to go, I don't feel right. I'm not the same person. Um, It messes with my temperament, it messes with my confidence, it messes with my energy throughout the day, it just fucks me up. Um, And, you know, if you've been listening, if you listened to last week's podcast, or if you've been following on Instagram, I'm sort of the solo dad at the moment, mum's down in Perth, getting some shit sorted out, um, that just had to happen. So, uh, I'm up here holding the fort with the kiddos, trying to work on like pretty shitty vacation care hours at the moment because it's school holidays it's 8 till 4 30 so yeah starting work late having to leave work early no time outside of that work period for for dave so it's just like dad full on and then work full on and then dad full on straight after work again so um i had them i put them in the crash yesterday on the saturday and then um dropped them at my brother's house for a couple of hours today i went to the gym and just got my therapy in man it was just good to burn off that energy. Uh, it makes me kind of stressed out to think about people who go through life without doing some sort of hard physical exercise regularly. Like if you're not running or hiking or doing martial arts or you race cars or like, you know, working out at the gym or you're doing gymnastics or fucking something, like if you're not diving regularly or, or whatever the hell it is that your poison is, if you're not doing something like that, I don't understand how you stay sane. It's um, people that know me, know me as being a pretty solid sort of dude, like I'm pretty thick skin, pretty mentally strong and solid and I'm not going to wig out when something goes wrong and uh, fall apart and freak out and shit, I'm the dude you can come to and, and rely on, you know. But I've got like a dirty little secret that, you know, I feel like only I know is that like, I think that all falls apart if I don't get my exercise in regularly in some form, like some sort of physical exertion. And I often think about that, like what if I fucking couldn't, like I injured myself when I couldn't train and exercise anymore, like – I could turn into a fucking hot pile of mess pretty quickly, man, because it, it really is that that good for me. I am that dude, that solid dude, mentally strong and all those sorts of things, but it's tied, like, it's tied 
very closely to the fact that I I get that work in and I get that physical release, man. So fuck knows what I do without that. I don't understand how you other people who are mentally sane and functional and like doing good shit in your life who don't work out or have a, a constant physical goal where they can lose themselves mentally and push themselves physically and I don't understand how you're normal. Don't fucking understand it. It's like it's from my point of view, that whole conversation around how like we're, what we're built to do, we're, our reactions and our emotions and um, our instincts are like built in for survival and from like, you know, other people trying to, you know, kill you and animals trying to eat you and you've got those reactions and instincts and survival sort of, that's all built in and that's like we exercise that by whatever your chosen endeavour is of physical exertion. Like that couldn't be truer for me, man. Like so without that, I don't know, no good. Davo is not the same dude. Um, So it's, you know, I've been getting like my workouts in at home during the week, um, purely for literal exercise and physical exertion, just doing some kettlebell stuff. I've been doing, I've got a chin-up bar, so doing chin-ups and push-ups and then some kettlebell work and some ab work and stuff like that. And that is like getting rid of that physical nervous energy that you build up in your body and I'm getting like like actual physical exercise. So it's like I'm moving and, and you know, um, pushing my muscles and getting a little bit of cardio workout and stuff like that in, which is good. But but it's not the same as me going to the gym. Um, and it's not about equipment. It's not about, you know, um, you can get a better workout with more expensive equipment. It's not about that. It's about the fact that it's I'm, I'm away from my home committing myself to something for like an hour and that's all I'm thinking about um whereas when I'm at home like the kids are here and they're asking oh, I'm hungry I want breakfast and they're fighting with each other and the dog's under my feet and shit and it's it's like there's there's the all the stuff from home is still here so even though I'm getting physical work I'm not getting that like mental Release where the people who who do this know what I'm talking about. Again, whether it's something else, it's it's martial arts, it's archery, it's diving, it's gymnastics, it's whatever the hell your thing is. Like, you, there's things where you can just throw yourself into them, and all you're thinking about during that period is the task at hand, and that's therapeutic on its own. And when you're pushing yourself physically at the same time, then you're getting your workout in, you're getting your movement for your body, and you get all those endorphins and hormones and everything released. It's all good stuff. Um, so I'm getting the the physical side of it, but not the mental release where I can switch off and just jump into it. Um, so to go to the gym yesterday and to go to the gym today and be able to throw myself into it and not be on like a real strict clock like I normally am when I'm at the gym during the week in the mornings. I've got like, depends what time I get there, either 45 minutes or an hour. But that's it. I had a little bit more time to sort of play around. Um, being good, man. Being good. Needed it. They've only needed that. So, um, and I'm kind of working around an injury at the moment as well. So what I can do at home even has been like has been limited. I can't even just go for a run quickly in the afternoon, or can't even do like certain kettlebell exercises because, like, I, I think I told you on the last podcast, I, I fucked my ankle up three weeks ago or so, and uh, there's there's some weird shit going on down there it wasn't just a rolled ankle 
there's ligament damage or something, bruising, deep tissue bruising, something. I'm not sure. I'll probably get a CAT scan this week, but there's it's hurting it's hurting in weird places and it kind of have no support. So if I step on it the wrong way, it gives way again, or it really tweaks badly. It's kind of okay until it's not sort of situation. So there's a lot of stuff I can't do, um, even with the kettlebells as far as like, you know, different kind of lunging and squat exercises and you know, Turkish bell get-ups and stuff. I can't, uh, Turkish kettlebell get-ups, I can't even do all that sort of stuff because I can't put my ankle in certain under load in certain positions. So I've been limited in what I can do. So been trying my best to get the work in. But again, it's 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 not the same um, as just going to the gym and switching off and just getting into it. So I did that today, man, and um, I had a really good workout. I did my legs today, and sorry to go on about this a little bit, but all I've been doing is working and dadding for the last you know 10 days or so so there's not a whole lot of other interesting shit going on in my little stratosphere right now so just you know give me what i got okay just bear with me for <laughs> for, for the week or for the next few weeks um but i had a really good workout man it was funny because you know um, i got skinny black fella legs people who know me know that about me I got these skinny jenners on me that just do not like to build muscle so i'm i'm really uh, dedicated to making sure I never skip legs. I actually do leg workouts twice a week. Um, I do a heavy workout, then I do more of a movement type workout uh, on my legs, um, and just make sure I'm always, always keeping up to it. Like if I had to do one workout for the week, I, I love doing chest and back. I really enjoy that. Um, but if I had to do one, only one for the week, it would be legs because I know that it's sort of more important. It's your whole body. Yeah, it's where everything comes from, your core and your legs, it's your power base. And I've got these skinny motherfuckers on me. So um, I haven't been able to do any leg workouts for like three weeks with this ankle. I did a few kettlebell things on Friday, which was kind of cool, but you know, I had to really work around. I couldn't do even what I wanted to do. Um, so that was more just committing to the fact that I was going to put my ankle under some some strain, some controlled strain and see how it went. But today, on the Sunday, I was like, I'm going to do legs. I haven't done legs for a while. So I went in there and, and, and had a really good workout. And it's so funny because having not, having not done any leg workouts for like three weeks, I thought, oh, maybe I'll be a bit weaker or, um, you know, I thought I didn't put myself in under any pressure. I just thought, just go in and just, just do what I can do. I'll just start moving, do the exercises, see what kind of range of motion I can get. And I had to fuck around with my squats because when I first squatted, it was like – tweaking my ankle uh, so I had to like I put my heels up on some five kilo weights so that the my, the the most of the pressure was directly on the the heels of my feet rather than the balls of my feet because it's like a when I'm on my tippy toes like I can't load up so that kind of that really worked and then I just I built off that and and I did look really well um I didn't push myself on squats even though I did reasonably well I, I reckon I could have probably potentially done a personal best in squats today if I wanted to because I felt really good but I didn't want to push it I just felt good I did for reps like you know I don't 
generally push super heavy weight anyway just because of my frame and because you know i've had joint problems and stuff but i did like 120 kilo squats for reps for you know a couple of sets um which felt good and felt quite easy i thought oh that's it let's not push it um i'll do and then i did deadlifts and i just started sort of lighter than than i was lifting three weeks ago i thought see how how i feel and how this how this ankle goes and it just felt good so i added more weight and that felt good. So I added more weight, and that felt good. And then I ended up doing a personal best in uh, deadlifts, which again for me, it's, it's not heavy. I don't really push the envelope with, with lifting heavy, but I did 100, 140 kilos, um, yeah, 140 kilo deadlifts for like five reps. Um, again, if you don't enjoy working out and things like that, I'm really sorry if that these details bore you. But that for me, that was pretty cool, man. It felt good, and, and I definitely felt like I could go heavier quite easier but it was the same thing I was like babying the ankle seeing how it felt but I was like man that feels easy let's just put some more weight on it so I did did a personal best in deadlift and quite easy like I said five reps I could have um, gone more Um, and it's quite funny because um, 140 kilos so that's three plates either side 320 kilo plates either side and then the bar um, which and and all the time that I've been at the gym, I've never had three plates on it on the bar to do deadlifts or anything right, and I've never really had people come and talk to me about what I'm lifting and form and all that kind of shit. Um, well, I talk to people all the time, but not specifically about what I'm actually doing. As soon as I put three plates on the bar, some old dude, some old powerlifter dude from back in the day comes up and starts chatting to me about my form, and he actually said I had good form for most of them, and then the last couple were a bit, you know, I was lifting with my legs rather than, um, I was lifting with my back rather than my legs, blah, blah, blah. It was just funny how, like, after all this time in the gym, as soon as you put three plates on, it's like, oh, you've entered a new, like, realm where people who lift heavy are going to actually come and talk to you and and, and uh, acknowledge what you're doing. I thought that's fucking quite funny, man. Um, and here I am injured three weeks away from, from the last leg workout I did, and all of a sudden I'm feeling good and feeling strong, and now some dude wants to come and talk to me because I've got three plates on. So it's like you go... You've just gone into a new little realm because you see they, you know, the, the plates that you got on the on the bar, which I thought was quite funny. And again, it's not heavy. People who listen to this in lift, you know, it's like 200 kilos. Well, fucking good on you. But it is like a, a benchmark thing. Same with bench press. I've never benched um, uh, 20, 40, 60, 80. So I've never done... Yeah, 100. I never benched 100. I benched like 95, 96, whatever it is. So I've never had, I've never benched the 220s on either side of the bar. It's just my shoulders not going there. Um, but that's kind of like the next benchmark when you see dudes with double 20s on and then they start adding more weights on the other side. It's like you're into the, the realm of, of, of a decent amount of weights on the bar at that point in time. So that was quite funny, man, and quite cool to get that. You know, was not going in there to think I'd get a PB um, at all today. I wasn't even sure if I was going to do deadlifts, and then to pull that out and, and realize it was quite easy. So if that ankle gets stronger, like well, I'm in a whole new realm of of lifting now moving forward, which is pretty cool, man. Um, pretty cool. And it's funny chatting to the old dude, uh, older dude about he's like, oh, powerlifting back in the '90s and shit. <laughs> and it just made me think about bodybuilders from the old school. He wasn't. a you know, bodybuilding and powerlifting, two different things, but it just made me think of bodybuilders from the old school. And I can't help but think about 
the bodybuilders with the diets that they run or that they used to run. I'm not sure. I mean, I haven't followed it. I followed it for a while because um, when you were lifting weights and you were a young guy in the late 90s, early 2000s, mid two mid noughties, um, there just wasn't the same information that there is now, man. You bought bodybuilding magazines and men health, men's health, health magazines and that had workouts in them and they had diet recommendations and plans in them. Then you started looking up diet plans and workout plans and stuff on the internet and finding things that worked for you. But it was all quite limited. Like now with podcasts and YouTube and Instagram and fitness trainers online and stuff, like the, the, the amount of information is just crazy. Um, and then, you know, I'm 39 years old this year, so I've been doing this for a while. So I've tried this and tried that and added this and added that and took that away. And I've found what works for me as far as training and as far as diet and all those sorts of things. So I'm far more confident in, in what I'm doing now. But back in the day, you had no idea. So you tried to get your information from wherever you could and you're reading bodybuilding mags and you're reading the programs that they're doing and you're trying to sort of mirror, mimic that a little bit and you're reading what their dietary plans are. And even as a young man... Reading what these fucking dudes were eating, I just, it didn't make any, it just never struck me as being the, I was like, that's it? That's the pinnacle of dietary advice for bodybuilding? Is like boiled chicken and broccoli or white rice and chicken breast? And these dudes have been doing this since the 70s, through the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, through the noughties. I know guys who are doing bodybuilding stuff now who are still eating that, I'm like, white rice and boiled chicken and broccoli. That is not, that is not the ideal diet. That is not what, it's so fucking stupid. And of course, bodybuilders are the last to realize this and to move fucking forward out of the stone ages. For starters, chicken is not the highest meat and protein per, per gram. is not the highest meat. Red meat is far higher. Pork, lamb, beef, far higher. Oh, but they've got higher fat content. Well, guess what? Your body doesn't store animal fat as fat on your body. It burns it as energy quite readily. So to eat fucking chicken breast and broccoli, you're starving your body of what it needs when you're trying to build muscle. You eat beef, you eat lamb, you eat pork. You eat though high in fat and then you keep the carbs low. You don't have bread and sugar and you can even drop the white rice if you need. And it's a far more nutrient-dense diet, fat, Rich in fat, which is burnt, which turns into energy for your body to use and burn. But the fucking bodybuilders, oh, you ain't fucking boiled chicken and broccoli. That's what you have to do. You can look like this. Yeah, righto, D-ball head. So that always just fucking pissed me off, man. But of course, they were the last ones to figure that out. You know, no one ever accused bodybuilders of being the fucking smartest group of human beings on earth. So, you know, I suppose it's fair enough that they, you know, they come to the party late on this sort of thing. Imagine how much more success some of these dudes would have had if they had a fucking half an idea of, of, of dietary intake fucking requirements rather than they did what they did. They built those physiques on boiled chicken and fucking broccoli. That's even, I suppose that's even more impressive really because it's not the ideal diet to build muscle and lean muscle. Trust me on that one. But anyway... The ankle's still not good. I think I need to go get some more scans on it. I think I said that. It feels like there's some some shit going on down there. I don't bloody know. But um, I'll sort that out this week. 
And I do have another hectic week ahead with the kids in daycare or vacation care and work's quite full on at the moment as well. There's people away from work who would normally be there to help share the load among, but it's been, I've been the dude for the last week. Um, so that's, that is what it is. And then wife's away and we're not actually sure she's come back this week now that may be prolonged. I'm not going to go into the details of what's going on there, but you know, um, it's a weird one to talk about. She's down for some sort of medical procedure type situation. She's okay, but it had to happen. And it's not something that we have a definite answer on whether we're good or it's finished or how long we need to take. So we're kind of you know, lost up in the air a little bit at the moment. So, I need to speak to her tomorrow and figure out what's going on. She's not going to be back for Shady's birthday, which is next Saturday. So we were planning a few things up here in Headland, but are we now going to... I didn't want to spend money. I have some really strict, um, specific saving goals and life goals to hit this year or by the end of this year. Um, It's kind of maybe a little bit up in the air now with my wife away for possibly up to a month um, she's not going to get paid for that whole period of time Now we might end up flying down to see her Because she's down there on her own She's going to miss her son's birthday and So that's more money that we'll end up spending Like, So there's a whole bunch of things That are kind of <sighs> Up in the air right now Our savings goals are This month to six week period Could put us back six months On our goals Which I won't go into what those goals are And what we're aiming for But that will potentially actually put us back 12 months just because of the timing of the whole thing. So this right now, I mean, I've had a pretty laser-focused idea of what I want to do in the next six to eight months and then the 12 to 18 months after that, <sighs> been kind of working towards that pretty doggedly and diligently and now that's kind of all up in the air at the moment because we these things aren't in our hands this is life this is the things that happen to people and what you have to do and shit comes up and and i was always ready for the shit happens factor but now it's like shit has happened so we're kind of at the point where we just got to um deal with the fact that shit's happened recalibrate reload re-aim and fire at a new target which may end up putting us back 12 months or so on what we wanted to do which you know what man it kind of stresses me out at at first thought when I think about that oh, I've got 12 months um, but I'm not going to die anytime soon I'm alright kids are still young uh, 12 months in the scheme of things is 12 months you know the years come and go pretty quickly as you get older uh, uh, and I actually get a lot of inspiration and um, calms my nerves a lot listening to uh, Gary V a lot when it comes to, to this sort of thing like um, very highly successful ultra successful businessman um, and of late the last 12 to 18 months he's really changed his message like he's always been a positive guy and talked about you know like taking risks and you know not rushing but he's really driven that point home lately about about loving people like using compassion and love in business and not being cutthroat and ruthless and treading on people to get where you want and go for it at all costs and he's really preached this whole thing of relax take your time put the effort in, you're not dead yet, 
if it takes 12 months, if it takes another five years, 10 years, it's, it, it's all good, man. It's about the journey. You just keep at it. Do things with integrity and with love and with compassion. Um, and, and all that kind of calms me down a little bit. And I think, you know, this is a guy who you should really listen to when it comes to business and it comes to um, hitting goals in your life. Um, and I can wait another 12 months if that's what it's going to take. And to be fair, to be honest, we will be far more prepared and far more comfortable for the things that I want to undertake if we give ourselves another 12 months on top of the original goal. The whole point of firing when I wanted to fire was more just about um, having the balls to take the leap and go, yeah, well, sure, we could wait another year. But then if you wait another year, you can just easily say another year after that. And then you get into that cycle where I feel too many people are, where they, um, you know, like the analysis paralysis thing where you plan, 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 and then become gun shy on the execution part. I just didn't want that to happen. So I'm like, no, we go now, we sort it out, we figure it out on the fly. But being forced into a certain position where it's just not viable to go when I wanted to go on the thing I wanted to go on, um, I know this is all real, real cryptic, real cryptic, but um, it, it is what it is. Uh, certain things that I can't discuss openly until um, until I, I fire on them, and that's just the nature of the beast. But anyway, the point of the story is we may have to wait another twelve months, and I think if that's what the world universe has offered up to us that we embrace that and we double down on our preparation and our planning and money and all those sorts of things and and really make it worth it when we do jump off the cliff so that's kind of where I am with that at the moment so is what it is man um where are we at 27 minutes lots of funny old thing man um, do you ever find yourself in a situation where you like you feel like you should be more stressed out than you are? People keep asking if you're okay, and out of humility, you kind of oh, you know, make out like yeah, it's a bit stressful, and this is me. This is what I do. I make out like I'm a bit stressed out, and but I'll be okay, and and that's out of humility. But really, the the truth of the matter is, is that I'm fucking good, man. I'm solid. It's kind of a weird thing to to realise. I was never a guy that was like um, a powerful guy. I never had a lot of power as a young man. I was very insecure. Um, I made my way through life on like, um, I guess charisma and, and having, I had always had a bit of a resilience to me, even though I got the shit kicked out of me as in, I mean, physically, not a whole lot, but I did have the shit kicked out of me a couple of times, but you know, like, um, um, metaphorically speaking, had the shit kicked out of me by life a bunch of times and I was always kind of resilient, but it was never in a powerful sort of way and then I found this sort of superpower as I got older man that at five uh, five to ten years ago I realized I was a survivor 
so that even though you get knocked down and down and you get knocked down and then down and down and down and down and down, um, I was always able to get up and sort of keep trudging on through. And then as I've got older in work and in relationships and in situations and in, you know, difficult situations, I've just realized more and more that um, persistence, that's just getting up and doing the damn thing every day. Um, every, doesn't have, doesn't, every day doesn't have to be perfect. Every move doesn't have to be perfect. Um, you don't have to be the loudest voice in the room. You don't have to be the guy that's just killing it all the time. Um, but just persistence, just sort of the whole, the whole, and you know, as for lack of a better analogy, just the whole one foot after the other, step by step, like the rabbit and the hare, that kind of story, just. One foot after the other, man. I may not have any special talents. I may not have anything that I can do that's amazing. I may not be in, a, in an incredible financial position in my life at this time, at this age, with the kids that I've got, where I really would, you know, I'd pictured myself being financially more um, prepared or, uh, you know, in a better financial position this time in my life, you know, and I'm not broke, but not where I wanted to be. None of that really seems to kind of matter when you take a couple of steps back from the situation, I just realised that, am I going to stop trying anytime soon? No. Am I going to quit? No. Am I deterred by the fact that things don't seem to happen the way I envisioned them or planned them or wanted them to? No. I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to take the next step and the next step and the next step and the next step. And... This is pretty dramatic and drastic, and I know I'm going out on a real big sort of tangent here, but um, this is I think about this sometimes, like what would be the thing that crippled me? And to be perfectly honest, short of actually really losing my family, like, you know, the thing you don't want to talk about, like something horrific happening in my family being... <laughs> ripped away from me, my, my, my two beautiful children and my wife, um, short of that, damn, nothing is going to stop me, man, I'm just going to keep fucking going and going and going, and this whole realisation when I was younger, I was so concerned with what other people thought about me, I wanted to impress people, I wanted them to like me and think I was cool and think I was this and that and funny and smart and blah, 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 and like, while that doesn't go away... It's more of a surface thing now, so I do have like, it's kind of like a habit, just a, an instinctual habit to try and make people like you and think you're this and think you're that, but but when I take a step back and look at the situation and what the consequences are, I know that I don't really give a fuck what other people think about me, and that's kind of a real superpower if you can realise that and harness that, and like, if these people that I want to think positively of me if they think something negative about me, what does that really mean to me in the scheme of things? Do my kids love me? Yes. Does my wife love me? Yes. Do I still love me? Yes. Does my family still love me? My, you know, my parents and my brothers and sisters? Yeah. That's really all that matters to me. So that's kind of... When you realise that, man, it's um, it's fucking powerful. 
when you realise that, hey, as much as I want certain things and I want people to like me and I want people to think of me a certain way, I don't actually give a fuck about it, about what they think, about what they say, about how they perceive me. So then you just go, well, what's the next move? Well, the next move is just that foot there and then that foot there and then that foot there and you just keep fucking going. And... I hope that wasn't too, uh, you know, abstract for you or didn't come out of nowhere. But um, it's just something I think about quite often. And it's pretty cool to know that about yourself, um, that as much as you'd like to have certain things in life, I'm really just happy just doing what I'm doing. And I know for a fact ain't nobody going to keep me down. Ain't nobody, nobody going to slow me down or stop me. I'm just going to keep on fucking going. So that's kind of where I am right now. And I think that came about. From me, people asking me how are you, how are your things going, because you know, without expanding personal details and stuff too much, we're going through a rough time in life at the moment, and um, I'm good, I'm pretty good, man, because I know that this is life, this is what happens. You do the things, you go one foot after the other, you look after the people that love you and the people that you love, and 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 you just keep going, man. You don't sit around and feel sorry for yourself and. Going to self, you know, deprecation, self-loathing, all that sort of shit. This is not helpful. So, if you're wondering, I'm good. Um, if you ask me, I'll probably go. Oh, yeah, it's been pretty fucking rough and shit, and uh, but it's okay. I'm getting through it and make a few jokes and stuff. But really, I'm going. I'm okay, man. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm solid. Um, yeah. Look, man. A couple of things before I get out of here. Uh, I watched last night pretty cool thing um it was dave Chappelle. um i can't remember remember what it was called it was on netflix but in my opinion he's probably the goat stand-up comedy and not because he's the funniest dude there's some people who make me laugh more than dave Chappelle. even some people whose names you wouldn't know right some even people you wouldn't know know, ricky gervais is one of them for me louis ck you know some guys like this bill burr they, they they crack me up. They're hilarious. But there's something about Dave Chappelle where he's like a cultural force. And I kind of liken this sort of thing. There's people like this in life, right? So say like um, Eminem would be one of them. Tupac, one of them. Some, even someone like... Um, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to throw that name in there. Um, but there's these people, right? Say Tupac. He wasn't the best rapper. He didn't have the best beats. He didn't have the best rhymes or raps or anything like that. He had good raps, good beats. It was all good, but he wasn't the best. Just If you just heard it and you heard that and you never knew any of the backstory, he's not the guy that would just stand out as the best. He was a cultural force. He meant something to people and he knew sort of what he stood for and that just comes through in the music and his charisma and the way he interacts with people with the audience and that's what Dave Chappelle has he's just got this way of talking he's got this way of presenting himself on stage um, that you just feel like you're having a conversation with a dude so while he's not the funniest ah, laugh belly full laughs comedian ever even though he's funny as fuck, but while he's not the funniest, it's like he's the most charismatic. He's the one that is he's so well thought out and he's just, the confidence and charisma that he has just oozes out of him that you just, you just, you just root for him and you just go along for the ride with the dude. And he just was recently in some, you know, cultural strife from the cancel culture 
um, movement because, you know, they say that he's hateful towards gays and the transgender community, which he's not. He made jokes about transgenders and, and gays in his last special, The Closer. Um, but it's not from a place of hate. It's actually one of the things is a story about a very good friend of his who was transgender who's now passed away. And But he's making fun of the funny things about it on the way as he meanders through these stories, which is what stand-up comedy is. And if you think it's not funny that some men become women, okay, well, sorry, it kind of is, right? But it doesn't mean you fucking you ostracise them or make them feel horrible or alienate them or be hateful towards them. Not at all. Some things are just funny, right? Okay? They just are. So he makes jokes about some of the funny things about that. And they end up, they try to cancel him and he's hateful and all this. And then in the middle of all that controversy, the school he went to, Duke Ellington School of Arts and Theatre, whatever the hell it's called, they named a new theatre after him, like the big auditorium theatre thing. They they named it the, the Dave Chappelle Theatre. Um, amongst amidst all that um, controversy, he went to this school for acting and stuff when he was a teenager. And I just thought that was so cool, man. Like there, they stood up at art school, which is like in the middle, the heart of this whole thing about you know this this whole left wing woke culture, fucking cancel culture. You fucking didn't say the most progressive thing. You're a demon. All that shit. They stood up and they said, "No, Dave Chappelle's a legend." We're going to name our arts, new arts theatre after him, the Dave Chappelle Theatre at Duke at the school of Duke Ellington or Duke Ellington School of Arts, whatever the fuck it's called. And I thought that was quite cool, man. So it's really cool. It's like his acceptance speech. It's kind of sort of impromptu, sort of stand-up-y acceptance speech thing. It's like an hour long or something. Pretty cool. You should check it out online. Um, I thought that was really cool, man. He's a super legend. And... Um, I just thought that was pretty cool. And the sign of the times that things are starting to change and swing the right way. So I know that kind of didn't fit in with what I was talking about before, but I had it written down here and it was something that kind of moved me a little bit last night when I watched it, so I wanted to talk about it. One last thing before I get out of here. Last week I spoke to you about the fact that I'm writing some short stories based on events, true events that have taken place in my life over the years and just trying to, Put, him, put pen to paper and get some of those thoughts and stories out there. And um, I spoke, I read from uh, an excerpt from uh, The Conky Farm about Nigel Hodge, psychotic both, 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 boss that I had when I was like between the ages of 16 and 21. Um, and this week, I want to read to you from another short story I'm writing about Def Glennie. Def Glennie was a carpenter, um, super bogan, crazy, tattooed from head to toe dude that I worked with and knew and was good, very good friends with for a, for a long period of time during my, my 20s and 30s, um, early 30s, called, uh, his name was Def Glennie, and as you might have guessed, he was deaf as a doornail and just a real character. We had some super crazy um, times. Um, with this cat and um, if you like it now I'm going to start posting these short stories once they've been edited um, up on my website the average man website website 
Uh, but for now, I'm just going to read some excerpts from them. So that's a little bit of background about Def Glenny. And um, give me a second, and I'll just read you a little excerpt for this before we um, to, to close out the podcast. <clears throat> it was always gold seeing people meet him for the first time and realise that he was deaf. First of all, they'd be in awe of how he and I communicated because we spent so much time together, it was pretty much flawless. I'd just talk to him pretty much normal as long as I was looking directly at him and so he could lip read and I'd just make sure I didn't talk too fast. There was no talking loudly or really slowly. He fucking hated that, man. The person who had just met him, upon realising that he was deaf, would look at him talk with and look at him and talk with big gestures and loudly and overpronouncing shit. Glennie would just screw his face up and look straight at me and say, in his weird bogan deaf voice, What's fucking wrong with him, man? And he'd just laugh and say something like, I'm fucking deaf, I'm not a retard. Fuck, that always cracked me up, man. And if he was struggling with a specific key word in a sentence when we were talking, I might just use some sort of gesture to explain it or choose another word that was similar to fill in and he'd usually just figure it out halfway through and give me the old, yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Then he'd finish off the sentence for me just to confirm. And if it was someone else he couldn't understand, suddenly in the middle of their conversation, he'd, just, he'd usually just look at me with a confused look on his face and wait for me to, to interpret for him. And we were a hell of a team. His lip reading had one fatal flaw, however. When we had had a few beers and we were sitting around a table drinking beer and we felt like fucking with him because he was being annoying or some shit, we'd all agree to cover our mouths with our hands while we spoke around the table. He fucking hated that man. He'd blow his top. You guys are fucking cunts, he'd screech. And he wasn't wrong. We were cunts. And so was he. Man, he could be a real cunt when he wanted to be. <laughs> right, and that's Def Glenny, an excerpt from the Def Glenny short story. And it's, I haven't finished writing this one yet, but it gets pretty, there's some, there's some crazy shit that went down in that period of my life, um, which is why I'm writing these short stories, man. I, I quite often think about, I was explaining this to somebody the other day, I've lived some some pretty crazy uh, times in my life, met some weird people, been involved in some hectic situations, done some sort of crazy shit. Um, it's weird. Not like I did any crazy shit, but was at the centre of some pretty fucking crazy situations quite often because of the people I was hanging out with and the lifestyle I was living. And who I am now, people know me. I'm pretty relaxed, chilled, conservative. I make good decisions, you know, like I'm, I'm a leader at work. I'm a, I'm a good dad and, you know, those sorts of things. You just wouldn't, you know, besides the – apart from the dreadlocks, um, you probably wouldn't realise that I was a wild man back in the day. So I hear stories, people telling a story, you know, you're on the piss, you're drinking or whatever, and someone tells a story or you're at work and someone's got this story about something crazy that happened or something crazy they did or something crazy they knew. And it just quite often inevitably sparks up these memories, these stories that I have. And But I just don't tell them because I know that people's perception of me and I also know that it's really annoying when you're telling someone a story and they always say, oh, well, I've got a fucking better story for you and they, you know, got to one-up you. So I'm always conscious of not doing that. And I just think, just cold, just telling this person this story cold, it's just going to sound like a lie. So I just don't bother. Like I just nod and go, oh, yeah, 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 no worries. I'm not impressed by your story because I've fucking got 
five more that are fucking similar or worse or probably generally worse. So I just, yeah, 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 nod and smile. And it's been playing on my mind. I'm like, these stories, like, don't let them fade into fucking nothingness in your shitty memory, you know, especially because a lot of them are quite humorous. Well, you can put a humorous spin on them anyway, which is what I do when I imagine and tell and, and tell stories. I always make them humorous. So I've just thought, fucking, I've got to get these stories out. So I thought I'll start writing them down. I was doing a journal, keeping a journal for a little while, and it just wasn't – it didn't click with me. I was, found it boring. I was like a chore. I write the fucking journal for the day. So instead, I'm writing a few paragraphs off of my short stories each evening instead. And um, I'm enjoying it, and it's cool conjuring up these old stories and, and memories and um, putting them down and trying to uh, put a bit of humorous spin on them because I just always feel like a good story, especially a funny story or even just a funny thought. Like if you think of something that's funny during the day and you're like, ah, that's fucking funny, even if it's like a terrible thought. They usually are terrible thoughts, the, the funny ones. Like I just think – if I don't share that with anyone, that thought just dies. Like, what a waste. What a waste. So I'm trying to write these stories down and, and, and insert the humour into them. It's quite often forthcoming anyway. I'm trying to insert the humour into them and, and just trying to do my best to, like, um, gather not just my stories but people who I've grown up with because a lot of these uh, – a lot of these people are dead now or not don't have the capacity anymore to tell their own stories for different reasons. Um, so I just feel like it's up to me to, to cultivate you know, uh, these stories and, and not cultivate, the wrong word, but just to put these stories together and put them down on paper and, and get them somewhere where people can read them if they want. And it's quite been quite fun and like um, um, there's something cathartic about it just getting those old memories out, putting them on paper, remembering those things. Because um, I'm not a big guy for living in the past, so to, to think these things through again and, and bring them to life on paper has been pretty cool, pretty interesting for me. So if you like those stories, I'm going to start putting them up on the website. Once I've edited them, I'll finish the Def Glenny one and then I'll put those two, the Conky Farm, the Def Glenny up online and I'll just move on to the next one. Um, there's not a shortage of them. They've got plenty of them. So I might, you know, I've got, I've got ammunition to go for a while. So we'll see where we go, where we go from that. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening. I know that we went down some, uh, into some pretty sentimental sort of, you know, emotionally driven topics on today's podcast. But as I said, there's not a whole lot else going on in the average man's life right now. It's work. It's the kids, and it's what's going on in my bloody head, and uh, that's uh, that's what I've put out there today. So hope you appreciate it. Um, we'll see you next week. As long as I don't go to Perth, that could put a put a put a spanner in the works. Um, but we'll see you next time around for episode one hundred and twenty nine. Take it easy. Thanks for your time. Peace.